It's the GOAT of sports apps. Talk about the greatest of all time. Big Joe's the greatest of all time. He's the GOAT. We know it. <laughs> I, I'm going to say I'm the Djokovic of this scenario. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Download the OTB Sports app now. Monster versus Exeter Chiefs in the Heineken Champions Cup. Live from Thomond Park. On Off the Ball. With Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through to six this evening. Munster have done it 26 10. The victory over Exeter in the European Champions Cup at Thomond Park. It means they've won the last 16 tie by 34 points to 23 over both legs. Let's go back to Limerick now and our match analyst, the former Munster and Leinster forward Liam Toland, who was on commentary duty with Oshin Langan. And Liam, what we saw here were two evenly matched teams. It made for a gripping rugby, cup rugby, really. It was, and uh, I don't know how one would define if they're evenly matched. They certainly came into the fixture, and I was punting that Munster would be the, the victors today, not just because of the home uh, aspect, but for a lot of other other stores behind it. Uh, I was struck by one of the points that uh, Rob Baxter said before the game. He was saying, uh, go and finish the job. Well, actually, I think today we saw Munster start the job, and they showed that they have the ability to pay a style that is very much linked to the, their history and their culture whether Graham Roundtree announced that during the week but you saw the impact of the Munster back row now I'm a back row myself so I'm always biased when I'm watching a match and, and, and spotting things but you could not but see the impact of the Munster back row they were involved in absolutely everything and if you're teaching kids like a 12 year old I'm playing number 8 how should I play Liam well, wherever the ball is that's where you should be whether it, it's you're defending or attacking and that's what we saw from the Munster back row we saw a style that must have been tailored to the wind but I can't believe that that wasn't tailored in the sense that we want to play um, our game the way they played in that 40 minutes it opened up a bit in the second half and it, you could see the contrast to how Exeter were playing they wanted to use the full width of the pitch east coast, west coast they played some lovely dandy rugby but they weren't actually getting through any gaps there were no gaps through all the doors and windows were closed and then they started conceding breakdowns then they started putting a lot of numbers in and they just couldn't get any purchase and when they had an opportunity the 10 minutes that uh, Conor Murray was off and they had lots and lots of other scoring opportunities most notably off the kicking tee they missed 7 points they blew so many opportunities uh, because they didn't have a stranglehold of the game they couldn't dominate the corridor power and they couldn't dominate the breakdown they were at their best off first phase play and then their wingers I felt looked good but were sloppy in possession and it's just the hunger that Munster had the game plan that they employed and the crowd behind them made an almost impossible task for any visiting team and it was a wonderful experience to be here and it was a wonderful thing to watch Yes, our rugby coverage and off the ball thanks to Vodafone uh, official sponsors of the Irish rugby team team of us everyone in Peter O'Mahony oh, it, was, it was just fantastic to watch it wasn't it it was and as I was saying in commentary about the idea of dovetailing in golf you know when one was doing something you take a little break now these guys don't take breaks but the impact that the 6, 7 and 8 today had in the Munster jerseys was immense and I just thought the consistency of effort that Peter Manny brought was just relentless like who was it the, 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 the number 8 no it wasn't even the number 8 I think it was yours was picked in the base of the scrum that he went down I remember um, that World Cup game when Australia played Ireland down in, in Australia and Stephen Ferris met yeah. with Gino and he says right not today you're not coming around here today and I got this sense that Peter Manny goes like I don't know what you do but this is what I do you're not 
not coming through here and he just drove them back He's he was a bet man when he came off the pitch he emptied the tank yeah. he's an older man obviously in terms of these guys but he gave his absolute all but the impact he had and that's the point I was making in News Talk a couple of weeks ago was why would you have a player who loves confrontation has skill set has ability has technique and is the, ble- the breeding and bleeding heart of that team why would you put him out on the wings and hope that when he gets the ball something magical will happen he needs to be where the action is and that's what we saw today uh, yeah. whether he yeah. had the ball or not was irrelevant he impacted everything he touched yeah I think it was looking about 10 minutes ago was 9 turnovers to 3 in favour of Munster I, I don't know how many of those were Manny's but a sizable bulk of them and that G's of the crowds and that Liam it gets everybody it's almost like worth points yeah but again we were saying you know you've got to reward your pack but you also got to reward the, the crowd I think it was 21,000 or 21,000 plus officially and we can take that as an official because that doesn't include season tickets so that's a genuine number of a genuine amount of people who came out to watch and it was wonderful and Munster rewarded the people who came here today and that's something I've been banging on about for months is that a lot of Munster uh, faithful who pay a lot of money put a lot of effort getting in their car from West Cork and kept coming up here they need to be rewarded and I think a game like today does an unbelievable amount of reward for all those people and they want to come back and that's really really important yeah they want that back again absolutely Joey Carberry was a great imagination for that try in the first half and he kicked well as well he did like again the kicking tee like the wind was brutally difficult to kick into he got like a really really good quality kick in Exeter struggled but the try he scored himself like no better man and Slade by the way to be fair to him Slade is very similar in a sense he can cut open but the platform was left for him to have those opportunities now if memory serves I think it was Harry Williams the the, uh, Exeter tight head the big uh, long haired guy big brute of a man like Joey Carberry who's fresh and fit and nimble and able would have looked up and said oh my god I can't believe it I got Harry Williams standing in front of me give me the ball quick that's what he did ball in two hands cuts through inside and, and it's a try it looks easy but the platform that his monster pack laid for him allows that to happen just let you know folks uh, just uh, away from the rugby Man United have beaten Norwich 3-2 in the Premier League uh, Southampton have defeated Arsenal 1-0 Watford won Brentford 2 and Spurs nil Brighton won from earlier on so Man United right back in the hunt for top four it is Manchester City 1 Liverpool 3 in the FA Cup semi-finals um, the X Factor we talked about Zebo before the game Liam Toland and he was so instrumental in that turned out to be the winning try the winning score of the game because it was still a one score game when Dialende got that try it would but wouldn't it have been the absolute you know icing on the cake if Zebo was to touch down yeah. to win it it would be like you know we can write a book on that there's a programme or certainly a documentary on that but what a quality player. Like I don't think he's the player he was, and I don't think I think there's an awful lot of traffic between him and, and getting back into the Irish side. But you can see quality, you know, what do they say about um, form and permanency? Like class that guy, you know, he he has pure class and he's so comfortable. He's one of these guys who can kind of suspend time momentarily. Like if I got that ball, I'd have been in the side of the ditch in seconds, you know. But he has the ability just to kind of second guess defenders and, and buy himself some time. And as once he once the defenders commit to doing something, then he delays it a little bit and gives it to a guy in a better position. Like that's pure quality, pure class, like an absolute pure class. But for me, Dale Ande, like again during the during the game when Oshin is commenting, I'm just drifting along watching players and, and trying to pick up some interesting information. The work rate of that guy, you remember Stuart Hogg in the first half, there was a great attacking platform. Stuart Hogg way out in the out on the far touchline, chips over, and who was the guy to catch it? Dale Ande. He had to bust a gut to go from maybe 50, 60 meters to catch that ball in play. His work rate is relentless 
relentless his breakdown work is absolutely relentless he carried a number of balls today maybe three or four he got across the gain line he's a brilliant target for his, his back row he's kind of he'll be a huge loss he's a huge loss but if, if Roundtree wants to develop the style of game that they played in that first 40 minutes someone like a Dale Andy is the perfect 12 maybe Farrell will become that 12 in time but he's, a, he's going to be a huge loss yeah, he wants to leave on a high and you can see in his reaction to the try how much it meant to him Liam oh yeah like like you know it's a team sport but at the core there is a fundamental selfishness with any athlete whether you're an individual athlete or a team athlete you want to perform you want to be picked you want to progress up the chain and you want to be in a team that wins so that's bottom line there's a selfishness in that it works because the culture of a team allows it to work but you can see the players how, how different they were in, in a two week span between this fixture and the Munster Leinster game uh, whenever it was a fortnight ago like these guys were pulling up potatoes they, they, were, they were leaving nothing unturned they were really absolutely nailing every opportunity that came their way and they were just wouldn't let Exeter off the hook at all and Exeter looked like a side that oh look we can just do this this and this like it was chess on a board and we give it to Slade he cuts through or we give it to one of wingers or Flaherty maybe Woodburn and they'll cut through and score a try that's what, what we always do but not today when you look at the big names you've mentioned them all they all turned up today who else in the Munster team impressed you Liam today? I'm looking I, I thought Josh Richley the, the loose head uh, relatively unknown in the greater scheme of things uh, if you listen to O'Sheen's commentary his name popped up uh, quite well Niall Scallon I, I thought Scallon had a, had a huge game he took an awful awful lot of hit Finley Witcherly if you look back in the game I don't know was he appointed it but his, his, his role in, in the offensive defence for Munster was very important you see the white helmet he was, he was coming off the line like leading the defence um, which might have traditionally been like a back rowers uh, position but he was, kind of, he was making those first hits so if a, if a forward was taking the ball on a relatively narrow line outside the fringe defence it was literally they were running into I thought he had, he had a big big uh, performance like some of the stuff that Haley did very like if you, if you benchmark Haley to Hogg like Hogg is the British and Irish test line Haley is not yet who would you pick on the basis of that you know it's, it's easy to kind of get distracted by big names but the players that were comfortable in what they were doing the Munster players that is the bench made a big difference now Craig Casey like as we were talking about beforehand John weren't we this guy comes on you just go God here he is I got to up my ante here I'm tired but I don't have any choice I thought he did exceptionally well when he came on as well so it was a really big but for me the key, the key aspect was the back row the Munster back row were just phenomenal we're talking about the fans there at the start of the conversation, Liam. This will be brilliant for social currency now and the hostelries around Limerick and Cork and the rest of Munster and also the, the living rooms as well for people having a drink or a cup of tea or whatever, just to be able to talk about this and then talk about their day and talk about what they witnessed. And, and that, that, that then accelerates and is a domino. Of course it is. You know, it, it takes a lot of effort to come and watch a match. I know people who were offered tickets for today's game and didn't come. They didn't take the free tickets. They wouldn't come. They said, I don't want to come. They'd be disappointed now. They didn't come because of what, what we witnessed here. Of course it is. The, 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 the paying public need to be rewarded. And they need to be rewarded not just by a performance, but a winning performance. And a winning performance with a style that, that echoes the culture of the people watching it. And we got that in spades today. And that's why I think the irony of what Rob Baxter said and go and finish the job, I think today really without being over dramatic or over hyperbolic I think today is, is a potential start to go and finish the job to start that job and I'm not so sure Munster are going to bring this to a trophy winning season but if they continue playing like this the person who wins the, the team that wins the trophy will have, earned, or will have to earn it an awful lot harder because of performances like today 
Just a word on Leinster yesterday, Liam, uh, 56-20 win over Connacht, 40.1 point victory over both legs, that they're free-flowing best. Yeah, they're outrageous, aren't they? They're absolutely outrageous. And uh, you're, you're, I think it's a little early to slip in to say, listen, this, there's no one can beat them. A team can always be beaten. Of course it is. But what, how, what do you have to do to try and beat them? Because the level of consistency, the accuracy, the decisions that defenders have to make is relentless. Anyone in the and I, I think someone like a Ross Maloney for me I would love to see him capped I think he's just so, so important yet he's a, a non-name in in a team of Galacticos and when you've got I won't call him a fringe player but when you've got important players like that that aren't the star names who can play at the level the likes of Ross Maloney can play at uh, you kind of go wow there's just the, the bottom is a long way down there's a, there's so much talent in there and they play such a high level of rugby it's very hard to know what style of game it seems only a massive brutish pack could stunt Leinster's ability to go forward in which case could question the style of rugby they play but I'm, I don't see that out there in Europe at the moment and they won't be short of motivation after being maybe caught in the last couple of seasons as well, Ian. Yeah, I think culture, momentum builds an awful lot, obviously, but the culture of the group, uh, they're pretty hungry. And when you've got guys like uh, like Johnny Sexton uh, in the group, I don't think they'll afford the complacency is not something that would slip into that group too too easily. Leicester at Welford Road, it's likely to be them. Is that it? Uh, well, it's likely to be Leicester. They're, they're, they've got the lead over Claremont Overn and they, they should finish that tonight. So it, it's set to be Leinster going to Welford Road. Wow, because our Leicester are top of the table too, aren't they? In, in their, in their, uh, in their, uh, in the Premiership. But um, I think the, I think we play. It's it's a brilliant competition for many reasons. I remember playing it initially when we were playing against English sides or French sides, and it's very difficult to judge how good the opposition. I think in our case at the time we probably gave way too much respect to the English style of rugby and the English teams and the Leicester teams etc as phenomenal as they were as successful as they were I think Leinster won't won't like you want to play any game at home of course you do going away is, is never statistically it doesn't end well but I think Leinster of all the teams will be prepared like Leicester will have to play some humdinger to knock them off their perch James Lowe got four tries one of them was an absolute wow moment yesterday I felt when I was watching it on telly it's really like it's amazing what has happened to Irish rugby since Andy Farrell has taken over um, running it the first thing I noticed uh, although they, they didn't win their opening games and stuff the first thing I noticed is how happy the players the squad became and the next thing the telltale signs the likes of James Lowe um, he became a different player and it, it seemed that the management of Andy Farrell and what's going on in, uh, with Leo Cullen, etc., in, in Leinster has transformed him. Maybe there was a couple of home truths given about work rate and effort and the team cultures, etc. But James Lowe has become, we know all the things he can do, but his work rate is just off the charts now as well. And he's becoming a better player, which is incredible considering what he's been doing for the last few seasons. So it's wonderful to watch. There was a newspaper article I was reading last week, Liam, about styles of management and Alex Ferguson and control and the authoritarians of the past and like the likes of Guardiola now and Klopp as I watch Liverpool and Man City here they're charismatic leaders and you get the sense with Andy Farrell that they like him he's charismatic leader Leo Cullen and Stuart Lancaster have got a winning formula and Graham Rountree now coming into Munster Keith Earls even spoke on the show during the week about how much they uh, respect him and like him at, at Munster given the, the kind of the connection he has with the, 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 the type of identity and brand that Munster brings to the table from Leicester I think that's what's required now isn't it in sport 
Well, it is. See, the, the nature, if you're a teacher or a coach or a policeman or whatever it is, when you walk into a room and you're supposed to be in everyone will look at you and judge you the minute you walk in, how you dress, how you deport yourself, how you conduct yourself, how you speak. And very quickly, the, the group will start analysing, can this guy bring us to the next level? Like that's, I said it, whatever, five minutes ago, that at the core of, of, of a team sport, there's an individual selfishness that they want to get picked and they want to win. And that's Graham Roundtree's. He seems a little like Andy Farrell, a, a wonderful character, uh, a, a, a kind of a cornerstone of a community. Now, can Graham Roundtree build that character and culture and build a, a group of coaches who can deliver uh, to the players an opportunity to start winning matches? I spoke before the game. Like, I thought Jack O'Donoghue was marvellous. Marvel- the first 40 minutes, he was absolutely wonderful. He hasn't won anything. He should be really, really hungry to say, well, can this new coaching ticket get us to win? And you think of things like when when Joe Smith came to Leinster and he apparently said to the likes of Johnny Sexton, listen, you know, I, I'm not a first-team coach, I haven't done that. And Sexton said, listen, we look after the culture, you look after the coaching. And you need that. And, uh, like, you know, that modern style of the combined approach towards a common goal clearly someone has to lead clearly someone has to make the key decisions key decisions like who's going to be the coach of the style etc who's been selected the transfer window who's been brought in all those are key decisions that the coach obviously makes but he needs to delegate an awful lot of the heavy lifting too I saw George Murray there on the sideline um, who's the, the technical analyst for Munster you know the role and value of someone like George and the quality of someone like him that has to go across the whole board yes character of Roundtree and Andy Farrell is one thing but look at the team Andy Farrell has built around him like you've got a world class coaching ticket yeah. you know and then you go oh look we've just brought Paul O'Connell in as well so you kind of go you need that calibre because the hunger of the players now they're not like the players that came out of school 30-40 years ago these, these guys coming out of school demand that the coach can bring them to a higher level and if the coach isn't bringing them to a higher level well then there should, there's going to be problems Andy Friend was speaking after the match yesterday Liam about Connacht needing to be better professionals and comparing them to Leinster in that regard where do they go from here because it was so committed at the sports ground as we would have expected but yesterday they just they didn't have any answer they didn't but again we have to put a lot of things into context I'm not I'm not sure the context of, of those comments but that said Connacht have arguably been more um, successful in the last whatever when did they win the the, the domestic league was in 2016 yeah it was, like they, it was around then yeah like they they didn't they've won more since they've won more than Munster have in that period so arguably Connacht have outperformed Munster in terms of trophies because they were the last between the two of them they won it in 2016 and Munster was before that so you can say that they're punching way above their weight considering the structures if you benchmark like their academy versus the Leinster Academy the budgets versus the Leinster budgets the capital city versus the non-capital city etc you kind of say well the fact that Connacht are competing but competing with style is one thing you can see if you took Bundyaki out of that side it has a monumental negative effect to the performance if you take one or two players out whereas you look at the Munster side you can nearly put out a second string and they're still going to probably win our domestic competition so I think on one hand I would congratulate Connacht enormously for what they've achieved they're definitely punching above their weight what's the solution the solution is can the budgets be bumped up 
to allow them to bring in more players and if they bring in more players they're then going to dilute the Irish system which is against the, the IRFU policies and all that so it's a difficult one for them um, money solves a lot of problems but you can't just go off and, and buy in players who don't qualify for Ireland or that system so it's a difficult one for them um, but I think they deserve enormous uh, congratulations for what they've achieved yeah and Andy Friend has done a, definitely done a very good job this season just to finish Liam before we go um, Munster I think they'll feel they've got a chance in the quarterfinals it's either a trip to Ulster or a home game against Toulouse looking to avenge last year's defeat but from everything you say to me in the conversation here they have the raw materials yeah like you, you, I'm basing all that on what I saw and what extra brought to the party obviously Ulster and Toulouse are entirely different uh, for that matter but would would, uh, would Munster have an issue going to Ulster I don't think so would Munster have in terms of the tradition and the culture they have have an issue with come, that Toulouse come here I don't think so so I think what today has today is a very very important uh, victory for a variety of ways uh, obviously the victory itself but the manner in which they won it the manner in which they subdued Exeter completely like really did didn't they they made them really struggle in, in lots and lots of ways down to 14 men and they looked like they were the stronger side um, so I think there's huge grounds for optimism are Munster do Munster need to get better of course they do does their bench for example need to get better of course it does so there are improvements without doubt so I don't think we should be celebrating in that sense but I think we should be celebrating that, that what we saw today was a glimpse of what Munster can do and how they can play and it was a definite glimpse of a lot of history in that performance and that fixture today which is really heartwarming so lots of additions need to go to it but I think there's a lot of a lot of happy people in Limerick and rightfully so Smiles in the faces of the people going home and, and going out maybe this evening for their Easter weekend. Enjoy your Easter weekend, Liam Tolan. I hope you have a good one. Thank you, John. Monster versus Exeter Chiefs in the Heineken Champions Cup. Live from Thomond Park. On Off the Ball. With Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us.